0: Alright, welcome to another CGG podcast. I believe this is our third episode. The first one was the pilot one, which was a little bit of a pilot, to say the least, in terms of technical issues. But we we're back with our third one, so we... Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a
1: good sign, I guess. That's a good sign. We're keeping we're, we're keep on, keeping on, keepin on. We're going to go somewhere. all you could ask for. Yep. <laughs> and this time, so, we actually have some... Uh, Rainbow Six game, who have been played, the very first one with Lion in-game. Yeah, was, it's uh, been interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. I, I'm not sure they figured out how they want to use Lion just yet. Because it, it felt... Uh, not sloppy, but I don't feel like it was used at its full potential. And there's very few occasions when I was like, yeah, Lion made a big difference there. It, w- it was mostly like, hey, we have Lion, he's OP, might as well use him.
0: Yeah, it really depended on the team, it seemed like. There were some teams that were just using him really poorly, and some that were using him like, fairly effectively. And sometimes it's really hard to tell, like, what they're trying to use him for, or whether or not it's working, because it's not always going to give a direct result. It's kind of more of a a supporting action in terms of, you know, getting people to be put in a certain position to compromise them or to drone them. Like, teams are using it differently, but I do think it's not necessarily leading to kills as often as people expected.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the good uh, utilization we've seen was from EG against uh, Ronin. Um, they used him in a while-attacking bank basement, and it was just, you know, activate lion, while it's activated, just plant the bomb, and, you know, it was pretty much done.
0: Yeah, when it comes to planting, that's definitely uh, an obvious use case that has still been, I think, pretty effective for the most part. Mm-hmm. It can be used, like, as you're going down for the plant, as well as uh, when you're going post-plant. Because when you're going down for the plant, like, especially if you're doing, like, a smoke strat, which... We actually haven't seen a lot of this season and I think works pretty well in combination because not only can glassy people through the smoke, then you can as well uh, the rest of your team in terms of if they're moving. So yeah. it's pretty useful, but it's not necessarily going to like magically make the plant go down because people can still huck C4s and smokes and stuff mm-hmm. uh, if they're already in position and just need a lean, for example.
1: Yeah, and a good counter to that is just um, putting a you know, Mule Jammer on a very specific area where you can just like Quick peek, throw your C4, and you basically are well un- invisible to the lion's drone.
0: Fortunately, uh, yeah. Mutes not really the hero we need right now with such a small range. Yeah. You pretty much almost have to stand still. Oh yeah. Like it'd probably be easier if we could visibly see Mute's jammer range in terms of uh when you're trying to play in it. Because yeah. otherwise it's a little risky. You could almost have to like practice how far you could move left and right, because unfortunately, once you're spotted, you stay spotted which is, uh like, you, can, you can't make even a small mistake on it, like the slightest movement, and you're kind of screwed.
1: And the circle is so small that it's basically like standing still, unless you want to, like, toss a quick C4, like I said, or if it's really not a, big, a good and a big counter to it, it's just, hey, we have it. Might as well have it, because iron is very good right now.
0: Yeah, and, and we asked uh, Spleck, who's our stats guy, for cgg to uh kind of take a look at whether or not the attack win rate has gone yeah. high it's not that much higher it's was about two percent it's a small sample size keep in mind yeah. but i think that was versus invites and qualifiers uh went up from i think 47 percent to 49 uh win rate if i remember correctly so it's still about 50 50 so it's not like lion is auto win by any means i mean i guess it would be 50 50 if it was auto win as well just in the sense that uh you know, you'd you'd take turns winning, but obviously some teams can win defense as well, so that's not really been the case.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of um, factor to keep in mind while you do that kind of stuff, especially with, like, the very small size sample we have. Um, I mean, EG versus Ronin is just going to skew the stats one way, way more than another game that might have been closer in kills. Let's be honest here, EG was just the better team. Ronan got a couple of good rounds, but they're still, like, learning. They're still a, new, well, not a new team, but they, they've got two new people in the squad, so they'll need to adjust, and, well, EG, they're, like, second place in the world right now, so, obviously. Yeah.
0: I mean, that was an unfortunate match for Ronin, because not only were Ronan a team that was already struggling a little bit, but once they went uh and lost two two more people and had to kind of switch them out. It's just uh, yeah. I, and Splex chiming and actually, I guess it went up to 53% versus 40% of about five, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, it's some updated stats. So I'm not sure if he's including Challenger League or anything else in there, too, but Challenger League would be interesting to include just because uh, Beast Coast was a team that refused to run Lion the yeah. entire match that they played. And they 2-0 just fine, demonstrating that uh, you don't need Lion to win. It's just helpful when you're not already the stronger team
1: yeah and i mean like i said i think people are still trying to figure out how to properly use lion because it really felt like it was not used to his full potential i mean sometimes they were just you know lion and attacking team was just holding an angle and nothing was happening and you basically just wasted one chart of your lion uh, drone and this is very unfortunate because it's very good <laughs> roam clearing plus time to plant plus post plant uh, operator because you have three charge of lions so basically you can use one to try to clear the roamers use one to plant and use one to uh, deny uh, the defensive team defensive team to well diffuse the diffuser or at least waste a good five second in which they basically can't move or or you have wall axe on them so
0: yeah i think that's a pretty good rule of thumb generally too in terms of how to use it so there's one for roam and then two for plant stuff and as long as you manage your time like that. Now, of course, that means Lion needs to be alive all the way up to a plant, which is mm-hmm. maybe oh, yeah, not as common so as you think.
1: <laughs> some teams were losing Lion very early, too, which is unfortunate. And... We are seeing
0: really aggressive defense, though. Yeah. like Especially Penta and some of the other teams just playing super aggro defense, which is not always picking off Lion early, but definitely picking off attackers. We've seen some rounds like nearly end within the first 40 seconds.
1: Yeah, and I mean, switching meta like that, being super aggressive like Penta was... Is probably catching people off guard more than it is a long-term kind of strategy that you can use, because people are caught off guard of it, like on it, and they just don't know how to react properly on the spot. So I think the more we go in the season, the more this kind of strategy is going to get countered fairly easily. But right now it worked, and that's exactly what Penta had to do, when they, know they they banked on it. That's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, my favorite part about all these meta shifts. Whether you like them or not, uh, and I said this on the Pro League broadcast as well, is that we're seeing so many operator shakeups in terms of who's playing what, and we're seeing sometimes almost Kavera picked more than Ella, which is weird to say the least. That Kavera was never played in Pro League before, and suddenly has been quite a few times. Yeah. So it's just it's a big surprise to see so many different operators come out of the woodworks and being played now. Obviously, we haven't even mentioned Blitz as well, which has been a a big part of this new meta from a lot of the regions. Although for whatever reason, no one seeming to want to play it in. Uh, uh, Challenger League for NA, it didn't get picked at all, which would. It was. Challenger League felt like such a different meta than uh, than what we saw in Pro League, which I thought was kind of weird. Usually they are a little closer to each other.
1: Yeah. It's. Yeah. It, I think people are still learning, and unfortunately, the season is going to be short again, because it's like we said last week, it's above for a season, so there's going to be potential to two match for people, and that's not a very long time to figure out how you want to play it, so there's no place for mistakes, and I feel like some teams would probably benefit in not using Lion if they're not going to use it properly to just focus on what you did well last season. improve on that.
0: I think that's what Beast Coast was trying to do in yeah. a way. I mean, I'm not sure. I didn't ask them really their reasons, although no. I should talk to Fox and see... Uh... Why they chose not to, but nonetheless, it you know, they're just playing to the strengths that the game already had. And since there's no new changes on defense, you can still pretty much play. I mean, other than Ella being nerfed, you can still play a very strong attack without Lion yeah. by playing to the strengths attack already had prior to the season.
1: Yeah, it is definitely interesting to see what people will do in the long run, but uh, yeah, I am not sure where it will go and how it will improve. I think the one of the Thing that we might see in the near future is just timing timing between um, entry fraggers and just the lion ability and someone who's also droning because having lion doesn't pre- like you still need to drone effectively and I think it's something like people the timing between those three people are still trying to get figured it out, trying to figure it out like overall it yeah, I mean... felt unfinished uh, and unpolished
0: at least uh the L Nerf is helping uh, the defensive side not be so kind of I wouldn't oh, say yeah. overpower, but just not really like uh you couldn't really effectively control Rome the way you could before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's benefited the game. It's just maybe some of the other stuff needs to be toned down a bit. We've also seen very, very little of Finca's ability used, um, due to a variety of reasons. I mean, uh obviously it doesn't benefit pro league caliber she, players as much. Was
1: she used a whole lot?
0: I I haven't uh, noticed. Finca's been barely used. Um, I wouldn't say a lot. I don't know the stats on it. Maybe Split could tell us. But it's been a very low pick rate, I mm-hmm. would say, for, for Finca, even in Challenger League or Pro League. So it's just been something that that operator obviously doesn't necessarily see as, u- as much high use in competitive play as, yeah. say, Lion does. And that's down to the way that competitors play differently as well as the skill levels are different. And I think that factors in when you decide, like when people are complaining about whether or not an operator is balanced or not, you have to consider the context of like Lions, not as bad uh, in some ways at lower levels because teams aren't as coordinated, but at higher levels, it's really unbalanced. And then the opposite kind of for Finca, where Finca is not as beneficial on uh, coordinated teams as it is uncoordinated teams of uh, amateur players.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, one of the biggest buffs she had was obviously the recoil control, but not something that is valuable enough and competitive level to. Really matters. Uh, other than that, it was like the resistant to flashes and Ella's mind, Gr- Grismoth mind. But then Ella is not played at all, or basically non-existent at this point. So it's really she's not bringing a whole lot, and the HP you get from it is just well, pro league level you'll get one shot headshot shot most of the time. So it's not really worth it. it
0: doesn't yeah, bring a I remember- whole lot.
1: I mean, the thing is, it's not that she doesn't bring a whole lot. Is what are you gonna sacrifice to get what she brings?
0: Yeah, and, and maybe that's... that'll make a difference when uh, operators are getting banned. Yeah, maybe oh yeah, that's more of an opportunity Probably, then because yeah. you know if 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 Lion gets nerfed, for example, and then uh, operators start getting banned. Besides Lion, there's a chance that it has more of a role just because certain other operators are out of the mix. And that's the nice thing about having so many operators and the goal to have all those mm-hmm. operators plus the pick bands means it'll just be a situation where like, there's a lot more opportunity to play different operators. And I'm glad the season's kind of bringing out a lot more different operators so that once uh, it has a situation where you know, things get banned that you're used to playing, the, the flexibility that people have been showing now is going to have to come out again.
1: Yeah. Now, what someone pointed out, that, yeah, think of value also come into denying the barbed wire, in a, in a sense, because you kind of walk fast through it. But most of the time, people just deal with it by destroying it with grenades. Or So I don't yeah. think it's enough to you know, justify removing someone like Buck or... Uh,
0: yeah, someone already gets nades.
1: Yeah, someone, yeah exactly. Someone, someone who gets nades and can do more. Much, much more. And be impactful as a teammate. But, I mean, for like casual game it's she's good she's fun to play with
0: i'm having yeah, fun I to think play a... with. and i think Split... you were right
1: with the ban it's maybe she'll yeah. get the time to chime at this point and i think that's true for a lot of operators too because when you kick or ban let's say hibana well we're gonna see a whole lot more thermite i think
0: depending on yeah, the app yeah. that is Splek brings up a good point as well. In that, uh, if Smoke gets banned, for example, then Finka oh, yeah. becomes a lot better. So, And we've seen, for example, in the R6 TMs, that, which we'll get to in a minute, like that uh, a lot of the pro players, just for fun, are banning things like Mira. So, you know, staples of defense. I could imagine Smoke being part of that as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. if a team is really attack, aggressive, heavy, and wants to be able to run a Finka, they can ban a Smoke, and now all of a sudden the biggest downside to running Finka is now off the board. But obviously all that comes next season. That's not something that we're going to be dealing with right now. So I wouldn't expect a change at the moment, but it's all stuff to kind of uh, think about as we work our way like, through these three months towards that.
1: Yeah, well, this season is really important in a way that you don't want to lose your spot in Pro League because you want to be there for the next six months. That's really what's at stake here. It's not even like winning the finals, really. It's just staying in the league. You yeah, can. just not
0: getting relegated out yeah, is like... That's, that's the big not, goal Or right getting now. in if you're Challenger League.
1: Or getting in if you're Challenger League, obviously. We're looking at goes here. Uh, had a pretty good run into qualifiers, gotta say. I was impressed.
0: Yeah, they seem to have uh, stepped it up. I think... Uh, I mean, they only made one opera... Uh, I'm sorry, one, change. one uh, roster yeah. change. Yeah, and that was Waffle, who didn't necessarily perform super well in terms of uh frags and stuff i think he was doing a good job as the operators he was playing but uh i think it's gonna take some time for that synergy to get there but if they've if they've got it down i'd say by the time they hit uh relegations there's a good chance we could see them potentially work their way in because you have teams like ronan and era that are really struggling that could get relegated out against a team like beast coast so there's definitely a chance we could see them actually make their way into pro league Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, a
1: grudge match between Beast Coast and ERA for the, for that qualifier. That would, be, that would be interesting. I would like to yeah, see that. Yeah, I mean,
0: I hope we see something like that. I, I know relegations are going to be really important, and I, I I imagine there's a chance we'll be uh, casting those from the studio. I don't know for sure. not what The relegation the not usually are be casted, right? Yeah, so we'll, we probably will be casting probably. those because those will be a big deal.
1: So, Well, they're pretty oh. much the next pro team in that match. The winner is basically the next pro team who's going to play in the Pro League, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, they really are interesting match to
1: see,
0: and we'll see uh, how the, the you know the final matches go in terms of who goes to land and stuff. It's hard to predict always who will go to land, but we have such a strength gap right now mm. that I think it's a little more clear who, like for example, from EU probably will, but NA is like also has some teams that have been struggling in terms of uh, their performance, stepping in up teams like Rogue. Obviously, EG are a very strong candidate, like that's pretty clear that if there's two going from NA, there's I'd say a very, very high chance one of them is EG unless something happens with that team where they, you know, pull a rogue and start playing really bad all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. Well, talking, speaking of like pulling a rogue, I was expecting space, uh, space station to perform way better than that. They did well. They still won. They still won, but yeah, they they were struggling on some point and some decision they made it, it just felt wrong and just not really professional level. It
0: yeah, I hope of that was just first, first play day jitters, I hope, yeah, because uh, yeah, it definitely felt like I was expecting a much stronger performance from them as well, so I was, I was expecting a 2-0, and that's not to bash the other team, that's just the case of I felt like SSG were going to be really strong, and they just, yeah, they seemed to make some, some mistakes, they seemed to not necessarily be as coordinated as I would have expected from them. And it was some really, really,
1: really simple mistakes that usually are easily fixable, it's just you need to think when you play because like throwing a 5v2 it's kind of insane and they just basically yeah. rush the defender one by one and that was under the lion's influence so maybe you know, not relying <laughs> on lion too much is that, yeah. that was just it they saw oh i see the outline he, he peaked and he lost a
0: gunfight that's giveable that's why i'm looking forward to the uh, round robin format because like teams come in out of a out of a gap on the season like there was no previous season uh during the winter there was just you know the the invitational and so they all they had to go off of was scrims and there was like a completely new meta and so you come in and like maybe you're not going to be playing as well to your strengths yet so it's a question of whether or not they're really taking a look at the the matches that they played like making up for those and then they can potentially come back as strong as we're expecting them to for the next match but it's hard when you can only really play two or three matches in a season in this current format.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I think it, whenever we have a discussion about pro league, it always comes down to the format. I think it should have yeah. changed a long time ago. Well, I'm, but I'm glad But finally we the, get it, so.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting because it's not just the format changing. It's the format changing plus a whole bunch of other things. Oh, yeah, things. sure. So. But it's uh, it's nice that we get to see a lot of it play out right now in terms of seeing how it'll work on R6TM at least. So just to clarify, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, R6TM was it basically an organized 10-man system mm-hmm. with ranks and things like that. It's uh, in some ways like an improved version of ranked, but a, a little bit different in terms of uh, there's no group queuing and things like that. It's solo queuing only. It was uh, organized by Kix, and uh, I, I think I Tarot is doing a lot for it as well. Um, and, uh, they are, they, they basically merged with face it or partnered with face it to run it through their platform. A lot of it's still done manually. It's not integrated into the game, but they do at least provide map banning and stuff like that. So basically the way it works is, uh, you queue in to the system. And then uh, once there's 10 people queued, it grabs them, uh, picks two team captains, has the captains take turns picking players. Then they take turns, uh, banning maps and, uh, banning operators and then uh play their single best of one match and then the results go towards your uh your your ranked stats the kind of team uh, you know your elo sort of thing and uh, you rank up and whatnot and that the pro tiers, which are specifically pros invited in, have some different rules in that they have the operator bands, whereas the lower tiers don't. But at least at the pro tier level, which a lot of pros are actually streaming, which is nice, mm-hmm. you get to see a lot higher quality of play than you would see them playing ranked, or uh, you don't get to see scrims. So I'm finding myself watching a lot more of these pro guys playing on their streams now, because I'm going to get to see and learn a lot more from what they're doing, because I'm, I'm going to get to hear... Like more pro level communications, I'm gonna to get to see like actual serious play, not just ranked trolling, things like that. Because where they have no incentive, once already diamond and ranked, so uh, like you know, I just been watching, I was watching Canadian Chala, um, Benji, saw a whole bunch of guys yesterday. Like it's it's been fantastic, and I hope that that's a, a learning opportunity for a lot of people on non pro league days.
1: Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I probably what I'm gonna do as soon as the podcast is over, just oh, go there and play. Wow. I'm unfortunately for playing.
0: me, I, uh, I have to play on EU because I uh, the yeah. ping rules being uh right. If it was EUS, maybe I could fudge it, but the, the rules are CUS, and my ping from Poland is not going to qualify for CUS. So, yeah, yeah unfortunately I will be on the EUQ, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it is open to everyone as of today at yep. noon local time. or noon, Well, it's past yeah, noon
1: in North America, time. and I think it was Eastern time, so we're good.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's open for everyone now. Uh, for Well, as far as EU and NA, I believe APAC and LATAM will be coming later. I'm not sure when. Um, but Kix is trying to roll out stuff in kind of like small bits to try and uh, make sure things are working and, and you know get things going. I think it's going to be very successful because uh, it's definitely an improvement over ranked. We were having a discussion about that just before the podcast as well, about all the reasons this is an improvement over ranked for people that want to actually play serious want to have communication want to have a community based system where uh reputation matters in terms of like if you're a hacker and you're a known hacker you're you're done so if you're toxic you're done um i mean ranked has gotten better about that we saw a huge amount of bans going on yesterday for toxic behavior so ubi is not sleeping on that they're definitely improving on it but it's still not completely the same yet although as someone said ranked is not in beta or i mean ranked is in beta but rc6tm is not in beta so it's kind of kind of a funny flip.
1: And there's two things I'd like to add about the R6TM is, well, to me, from past experience, when it was uh, fully run on Discord, it's probably the closest you'll get from a competitive play at a well, casual level. It yeah. it really felt good. People were communicating. People want to win. People want to work with the teammates they are with. And it, it's just amazing. And also, before that, there was no real way to get... Um, yourself known into the scene unless you started at the like beginning or sneaked your way in and tried to uh, get friend with like some pro league players uh it, it was basically go for play try to win try to impress people while you play and that was it but right now with r6tm if you're individually a good pe- uh, a good person and you're also good at the game well and you grind and you get up there in the ladder well it's a good way to get yourself known and maybe get picked up by a challenger league team or you know things like that so that's really really good for the competitive scene too
0: That's yeah, a, it's like uh, of you know.
1: open mics basically yeah right that's it, it it's amazing it, it's a great opportunity to anyone who want to get involved in the pro scene or competitive play in general
0: yeah, for those of you who want to check out more information, it's just r6tm.pro is the website. That's .pro, not .com. So just check it out there and you find all the information. But uh, it is open now, so today's the day to get cracking on it because the, the queues will be definitely cracking because people are, are anticipating this yeah. and very excited for it to be you know going on. So now's the time. Unfortunately, you can't queue with anyone else you know, so mm-hmm. it's not going to just... be a system where you're going to play with the stack. So you still have to play ranked if you want to do that unfortunately it but, is you know, it is
1: ahead. uh solo queue only right now right i think yeah, i think so. uh, kicks did a big Q and A where people were asking questions i think they might be in the plan for the future to get some queues going on so maybe twos or threes or maybe even five stack fully but uh, for now i think it was only solo and i think the priority for them will be to work uh, towards getting apac and Latum into the system so uh I don't think we can expect it soon, but it's still in plan, so that's great.
0: I think in this way, though, it acts as like some nice speed dating for potential teammates oh, yeah. in the yeah, current yeah. system, so that's kind of mm-hmm. nice as well.
1: It's going to maybe accelerate the NA shuffle with uh, everyone playing with <laughs> right. everyone. Side effect right here.
0: Most of these people have already played with each other, but yeah, yeah I could see someone like, just really like getting along playing with someone in R6TM and be like, you know what? Might as well go pick-, uh, uh-
1: yeah. we'll pick him up.
0: Yeah, they've not that we didn't that. have enough I'm sure there'll be a potential more like I feel like uh, I mean I know some potential shuffles and stuff like that for NA but I, I feel like come Monday all of a sudden there'll be more shuffles than we even expected like more because they're only half the teams have played right? right and a lot of these teams like wait till the last second to announce roster mm-hmm. changes and things like that well even it's Ronan waited moment.
1: after the game for, for a
0: right. player <laughs> <laughs> they finally <laughs> announced him like after they've already lost that was good Gigi. Like, GG yeah i I think orgs orgs really need to get on top of of their their pr and it's funny because orgs are mostly a marketing system Mm -hmm. so for them to be bad at marketing is not a good sign for any org because if you can't get your marketing down what are you even doing at that point like they really need to get down like announcing things on time developing press releases quickly being on top of twitter if you're if you're an org and you're upset about a leak maybe you're the problem because there shouldn't be a leak because you should have been ready to announce it on time. Yeah. Although then you have issues like what happened with Most Wanted where they, uh, according to uh, rankism they, they announced prematurely something. Uh, yeah, oh, and yeah, so yeah. You have to be careful about that as well. You do need to make sure you can do your paperwork quickly as well in terms mm-hmm. of contracts and things like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Sometimes it can be wild west right now in the org system. Like everyone is like, yeah, I'm going to start an org and be big. Well... You have some paperwork to do, and some things that need to get done, and if you promise something, well, might be ready to like do it because reputation is everything
0: yeah, I think part of the problem right now is there's not a lot of transparency on how orgs work, how they're no. run, how specific orgs do things, what players are paid, what the contracts are like, and I think without that transparency, a lot of orgs just don't know what they're doing or or don't necessarily have to know what they're doing because no one knows what they're doing also. And I think that once we start to see some serious transparency in orgs, I think we'll see an improvement across eSports. But for right now, it's very much, like you said, Wild West. And I think that's kind of hurting eSports a little bit because a lot of these shady things like what happened with ERA, where they couldn't pay most of their players because an investor pulled out supposedly and they made promises they couldn't keep, seems to be a recurring theme. Of teams making or orgs making promises they can't keep mm-hmm. because they don't they don't there's no transparency and not a lot of accountability outside of the contracts and players don't really have unions for the most part or ways to to deal with that right now I think most people are just in the mentality of being lucky to be getting paid to play a yeah. video game and that gets abused a little bit. Um, by orgs to, to take advantage of saying like, hey, you know, you're getting paid to play a game, so shut up. I feel like it's like uh, QA testers, right? Like, there's always that, like, what I get paid to play video games, and then you hit the reality of what a QA tester is actually like, where you're just literally like playing the same part of the level over and over and over and trying to debug it and all this stuff, and you realize like it's actually kind of a grind and it's not as yeah. fun as you would think, or like, hey, I'm a Chinese gold farmer, not necessarily a fun job. <laughs> So you have to keep in mind that, like, uh, it's just the industry in a certain place right now. And hopefully we can all push past that. Yeah, well,
1: the Rainbow 16 is, yeah, a year ago was basically nothing. And now we've come a long way. And I think it's slowly stabilizing with um, big orgs coming in, like EG, Rogue, and just to name them, like SK and all that stuff. So it's good. We're going in the right direction, but... Well, in new games, I think it's bound to happen. Like the kind of like wild west scenario where new org are just trying to bank on a new game that might or might not blow up. And as soon as it blow up, they like try to make a quick cash, quick bank on it. And I think we're slowly getting past this point, though.
0: Yeah, at least for uh for Rainbow Six, we're we're picking up a lot of big orgs, and I know that there's a lot of big orgs that aren't in, that are still looking, that are mm-hmm. interested, that are trying to decide what team to get. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that by the time we start the next season, every pro league team will be part of a big org. Like it's just yeah. inevitable because they they all got to get picked up. Unless a small org somehow makes a offer that is way above what a big org is willing to do, which is probably unlikely, then a lot of the orgs that are not top tier are going to have to whittle their way down to challenger league. And so, hopefully, next season we'll have a bit more visibility on challenger league uh, to make sure that those uh, orgs are getting the money's with Because right now. You know, it's barely casted, and that's a problem for orgs that want to get involved is you need the exposure. Otherwise, like, you're not really going to be as motivated or interested, other than if you're just trying to pick up a team while they're cheaper and hoping to ride them into Pro League. So it's you know it's an investment problem right now in terms of marketing. So hopefully next season, that will be less of an issue. And then we'll have, like, you know, 10-plus good orgs involved because they're able to flood over into Challenger League and maybe pick teams up a little bit cheaper that potentially, you know, teams like Beast Coast, Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to a bigger org um, at some point here just because, I mean, I don't know how big of an org Beast Coast is, but it's not super high level, but if Beast Coast makes it in the Pro League like they're likely to do, there's a good chance we'll see them get picked up by someone bigger.
1: Mm -hmm. There's a good chance. I mean, there's quite a few teams that haven't picked up a Rainbow 16 yet. So uh, there's still space, there's still a lot of teams that are not really under, uh, one could say, big org. Uh, just even in NA, Bird University and well Era now. I don't think they've they're signing any. Um, uh, they they are not signed any under any team or org right now. So.
0: Yeah, and the EU's really been the one struggling with that. And yeah. I think some of that's due to regional issues. Some uh, organization, organizations only want to pick up teams from certain regions. You have language barriers. Mm-hmm. You have problems with the. Uh, teams not having the flexibility on rosters that they that they do in other regions that all speak English or don't have necessarily, like, the same sort of small country national pride that we see, you know, like, French teams, for example, or yeah. there's even sometimes sometimes those issues with Finnish or Swedish teams, especially if they don't really want to speak English. But then you see, like, the teams, like, that are able to be MUT teams, like Penta, like, really thrive off that and succeed. In mm-hmm. fact, now two of the Finnish players are on Penta. So even the Finnish... Are willing to come be part of the smut team, uh, as opposed to just being stuck on a team like Ents. So I think EU really needs to get over that if they want to be uh, as strong organization-wise and region-wise, and have the flexibility that Latin America, and North America, and A and Z have.
1: Yeah, well, A and Z has always been a little bit ahead. Uh, they they have a huge scene and a lot of supporters to, for Rainbow Six. That is. And it's good to see big teams uh, going there. I think I was... We were expecting uh, Brazil to get... um, uh, I would have assumed EU would have got a little bit more uh, big orgs before NA, but I'm glad NA did anyway. Uh, I think the next step is going to be EU, and at some point, we're going to see APAC. APAC, a good scene, a scene that definitely showed up at the invitation. As potential. I think think they're going to be the last to benefit it, but... They'll get there. I'm it just really sucks about.
0: what happened with Ains uh, after they can finally win prize yeah, oh, yeah. money, and then they just fall apart.
1: Yeah, that, so. that
0: yeah, unfortunate. But uh, at least we still have teams like Cryptic, Mindfreak. Uh, I think Mantis is still doing decent. So, like, Apex still has mm-hmm. some teams. The problem is they have four regions, and a good chance of them are, uh, are not so great.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, we're getting there slowly uh the game is way ahead of where i thought uh, where we thought it would be like a year ago so the last couple months of rainbow six have been absolutely insane insane into like the scene development and just the game overall and with the developer just going behind it and saying yeah we're going to support the game for a good 10 years now so that that's just also super super good Just for, like, the health of the game and just the security for, like, the big orgs who want to join in.
0: Yeah, and I think they're obviously looking to invest in esports in the sense that they wouldn't be spending so much time coming up with all these new systems, like, for the operator pick bands Mm -hmm. and the attack versus defense side stuff. So, obviously, they're spending time, like, thinking about, looking at, testing stuff, and all that costs money. So, that is an investment. Because uh, it's not just them. Oh, you know, oh, we're just gonna make outbreak mode to try and make money and like, you know, screw the competitive yeah. scene. Obviously, they care about both. Like, for those of you who complain, oh, well, they, have to. they listen to the pros too much. Like, they made outbreak. Outbreak's not for the pros. Like, they're trying to support everyone as best they can. But uh, they're growing. I think as a as a team, they're growing more organically than just a bunch of money being dumped into their team. So they kind of have to kind of step it up as they go. But you can also see like strides in terms of them the toxicity thing i think is a big deal the fact that they invested heavily into uh taking care of the toxicity of the community is really going to improve stuff like ranked obviously we have a bit of a hacker problem at the moment and, yes. and i'm sure they're going to address that as well i'm still seeing battle eye bands so i know that there's i know they're still getting people but uh i the guy who uh jaleel who uh was doing some of the the stuff i think with battle eye before had been doing some of the toxicity stuff now uh, last I talked to him uh, during invitational, he said that was that had been his focus at the time, and so obviously we're seeing the fruits of that now. So hopefully he can go back to being improving battle eye as well, yeah. um, or doing what he can towards that. So that we, I mean, he's he's, he's one man, um, and I'm sure there are other people that are also doing that stuff as well. Like I don't know what everyone's doing inside the team and stuff like that, but the limited resources they're trying to invest them as best they can, and uh, and I think that will pay off. It's just a case of like well you know every month they're trying to do something every dlc they're trying to do something and uh it just takes time but this is a game that didn't actually have the greatest start
1: oh no i remember when the game first came out i was watching uh true talent and uh playing the game
0: i already feel bad for you watching
1: (laughs) and uh i think they had to quit you play constantly just to get to be able to keep together that was crazy that was just yes. not a game you, not something you would expect from a triple A game that just came out. It was, it was insane, and it, it it's a like multiplayer only game too. So we, we've yeah. come a long way, definitely, and I think Operation L definitely helped into improving future uh, patch and DLCs. It's not something that we've seen straight after Op Health, but we're, we're right now we're seeing benefit of it when they can patch stuff way faster than they used to.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that were a result of that that don't always uh, show up that not, aren't stuff that you necessarily no. um realize mm-hmm. because they had to recode so many things they had to rebuild so much yeah. of the game yeah. from the old code and I mean obviously just recreating something that already existed doesn't look like it benefits you it's like well we have the same thing what did you mm-hmm. do it's like well now we can actually have uh, updated maps now you can have uh, better net code. You can have a lot more things that you couldn't have before into the old system.
1: Now you can so, p- the pick and ban system is something you can probably implement in the game just because of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I mean I think that's one of the next things that they need to maybe do an operational health on is the UI stuff yeah. I know is a bit of a struggle. Uh, and so that's one of the, the things that maybe they can invest a little bit more in. Mm-hmm. Just do it's, a blog uh, post about
1: uh, okay, we did this update, and this update is in direct relation with OPL. And just explain why they can do it. I think that would be enough for people to just realize, oh, maybe Operation Elf was actually good and useful and needed. Yeah, at least we have great community people, though, like Justin yeah. and oh, yeah.
0: Epic, that do help uh, highlight a lot of that stuff and make sure that the community at least someone understands what's going on behind the scenes. Not mm-hmm. all games are all that are, are, have such great community people behind them. So I think that you know that sure. benefits it a lot in terms of uh, the average person, but. Obviously when our, our main system of communication is Reddit, you're not always going to get the best uh, yeah. best results because – well, the thing about Reddit is like whether you like the community of Reddit or not, it's a, it's a very weird temporary forum system yeah. where like stuff that isn't popular pretty much gets ble- – like just gets bumped out really fast. And when you have like ridiculous clutch videos overtaking important informative posts… It's, it's hard to really communicate across that. And I don't think a lot of people use the Ubisoft forums. So it's a situation think. where like communication across this game is very scattered to Twitter or to whatever we say during the broadcast or to what it's in-game or to Reddit. It's, it's kind of all over the place. And, uh, and there's not a great modern way to really communicate to everyone what's going on.
1: Yeah, well, we have great community um, devs. Behind the game but there is still a lot of communication that could be done better just yeah and sometimes I think it's not only related to you know the communication itself being bad it's just people don't take time to read it They just skim yeah. through it and like all right I have I already have an opinion I just read a couple of line and I think it's shit so I'm gonna like say it on internet and just keep pushing my idea and just take the time to read it maybe you'll understand that what they're doing is not for nothing
0: yeah, a big reason I got involved in CGG to do this podcast and stuff was just how well-moderated and how well-run uh, the, the R6 Pro League uh, Reddit is. It's Because I, I honestly will pretty much never, ever read the Rainbow Six one just because it's, it's such more. a different audience. Yeah, but the Pro League one is, is very relevant and actually good at communicating information like pretty fast. So if, yeah. if we can keep up that level of quality for the, the R6 Pro League Reddit, then I think there is a platform for at least... The competitive scene to have a really good communication really good scene um towards that because it, it also opens lines of communication to pros to casters to to ubisoft itself uh if you can maintain that kind of community and that's that's why we talk about r6 tm as well in the sense of like that trying to do the same thing for competitive play itself as opposed to just talking about competitive
1: mm-hmm. play well just promoting the game in general is good because a lot of time we've seen i mean on the subreddit i just talked I only go there because there's some great artwork sometimes and I just like go fast through it, I check it and I'm like, oh, that's great, cool, I, I'm good. But most of the time it's just some random complaint from people who I feel like don't grasp what the game really is about and makes no sense. And they're just like steamrolling this idea they have that it's not really good for the health of the game in the long term and it, it, it feels weird and I just get infuriated so I just stopped, I just stopped. Um, Yubi, Justin and Epi are behind it So I trust them, they're gonna manage And (laughs) I'm just staying into R6 Pro League Because, you know, there's a Pro League discussion And competitive, it's aimed towards competitive, obviously But I feel like people there actually ask questions And when they come up with something that makes no sense They have reasons And they can understand why it's a bad idea Like, you can have a communication, that's the biggest part. Because on some other subreddit, it's just, yeah, well, there's no way to communicate with people. They're just going to say, yeah, you're a dumbass. Okay, cool. Nice discussion.
0: Yeah, you're just going to get, like, Tachanka, like, responses or, you know, meme stuff like that, unfortunately. And I mean, it's far from perfect on any Reddit. There's obviously going to be uh, a lot of people that are not the greatest in terms of uh, communicating online without (laughs) being retarded, so if you can even say that word in 2018
1: oh my god the The r uh, word
0: the r word don't say it uh but anyways it's uh it's nice to have and so i look forward to uh I I like the discussions that we'd had in the past on there about, like, you know, about different holds or different uh, strategies, things like that. Those are kind of fruitful discussions that I think benefit everyone. Hopefully, we get a a bit more variety of those kinds of uh, not just news, not just people talking about, like, you know, here's the latest thing happening or here's the match results or whatever, but more like actual discussions about stuff, not necessarily theory crafting all the time. I mean, theory crafting is fun, but maybe some more stuff like really helping. Everyone kind of understand different things about the game uh, because everyone has different levels of understanding, and not just that, but everyone has different perspectives on the same understanding. So, it's a uh, I think all of that will benefit, and that's I mean that's the point of this podcast. That's why it's relevant to this as well. Is that's the point of this kind of podcast stuff is to talk about this kind of thing, to foster discussion, and mm-hmm. uh, try and do it live so that you know people can kind of you know, interact communicate the chat. as well. Learned, yeah. Unfortunately, the uh, the amount of people tuning in is, is lower than, than we would like, but maybe to due to time stuff. So people have a better recommendation for a time to do it that we could try and work out. Obviously, we're open to that, although we have limited schedules and whatnot. Yeah. So.
1: Well, right now, I'm a very, very busy man, but uh, I think this summer will be good. I think this summer will... Well, I mean, right now, we're still testing a lot of stuff, trying to figure out what's the best way to do what we want to do, really. And... Uh, Every uh, comment on uh, what you could and should be improved on is always welcome.
0: Well, always, always theoretically welcome. Yeah, if you're well, toxic, well, then keep it to yourself. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: going on with the premise that you're a decent human being.
0: Yeah. Right. W- why is there no license to use the internet, right? <laughs> oh, we'll right. get there eventually. We'll get there. I mean, China is always. Uh, anyway, we're oh, yeah, going yeah, away
1: yeah. from Rainbow Six. <laughs> <laughs> But, so uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> all right, so, on, so on.
0: next week uh, we have some interesting games. I think yeah, uh, that's I'm exactly what forward. I was going to
1: talk about. All right.
0: Yeah, that, there was there was even some that didn't get played this week uh, yeah. from last week. So like uh, one of the Challenger League matches, for example, from EU, uh, wasn't able to be played. So that will actually have to be rescheduled for this coming Monday for tomorrow. So I imagine then there should be maybe th- in theory three matches tomorrow for EUCL. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be interesting. And then because uh, uh, yeah, just so people uh, know uh eu challenger league was casted on wednesday this week because of i believe like the the dlc related stuff or something like that i'm not sure the exact reason but it did get moved to wednesday temporarily but it will be back on mondays starting tomorrow and then uh the na challenger league will be on thursdays as usual so make sure to check those out if you can um we're still trying to sort out like the best way to stream those so the the na challenger league was on uh the r6pl channel and, and hosted by uh r 6 yeah so that that was really um really good we actually had a good viewership of about 1500 to 2000 people yeah i was impressed by that the viewership day. too great and uh the eu challenger league the polish stream marcius actually got up to about 1500 so it's good to see some viewership there but unfortunately we don't have a good organized place to kind of stay where those are going to be um the definitely the two places you could probably see them in the future is like Um, at least in German, from Verdi's stream, which is ESL underscore Verdi Pones, I believe, uh, with a Z. And then uh, I think it'll be on Rams' personal channel for the NA Challenger League um, for the rest of this time, for the moment, um, as we kind of sort that out. So it's uh, hopefully be there. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter, and we'll try and, like, announce it as well when those are live, or at least retweet it, but... Make sure to check those out because those are going to be the up and coming potential pro league teams and challenger league needs your viewership support. If you want orgs to be involved in that as well, uh, because they, you know, they need to know viewers are there. So definitely support that. We're, we're kind of going through growing pains in challenger league, but I'm trying to help out with that as best I can. So hopefully um, I'm actually going to spend some time uh, with Rams today, trying to improve the production quality stuff for, for NA for next week. So hopefully by Thursday, production quality be a little bit better stuff like that uh we're still working on trying to get some english caster for um eu unfortunately i don't think we have one at the moment which is uh you can at least watch it in uh in potentially polish or german something like that and uh, get something to see out of it
1: what is the prize pool for uh, the challenger league do you know is it still 5k
0: i think it's probably the same but i'm honestly yeah. not 100 percent sure
1: uh, yeah, the more we need more viewership to get more org, to get more money in this Challenge League scene so the team can actually make some money out of it and just play the game more seriously. Um, obviously, Pro League is on a great level right now, with two major that, I don't, I don't think they've announced price pool, but I think it's fair to assume it's going to be like half a million, both of them, so that's a lot of money. Way more, anyway, than what we have in the previous years. And Challenger League is still uh, 5k, I think that's a problem. 5k, yeah. first team gets 2.5, which is, uh, you know, 500 bucks for, well, now it's going to be six months. It's going to be 500 bucks for six months, that's not a lot, you still need a, like, a job and all that stuff. And obviously it's Challenger League, it's not Pro League, but just a little bit more money would, be, would come a long way, just double that, it would come a very, very long way.
0: And I think that's uh, unfortunately a disincentive for the bottom four. The top four, not so much just because the chance to get into Pro League not only secures you for a six-month spot, but Mm -hmm. also I think even going down to some of the bottom placements in Pro League will still net you some money uh, without even winning it. So obviously that's a big benefit. And then, of course, the support from orgs once you get into Pro League will be much, much better. So uh, there's definitely financial incentive to be top four to get out of challenger league it's just yeah. unfortunately the teams that are below that don't make re- don't make it through relegations or didn't even make it to relegations don't have a lot of incentives not to disband during the three months off yeah. because uh, for people who don't know challenger league is not being expanded six months at the moment although who knows they could always change their mind uh in terms of last minute and improve that but as it stands right now it's only scheduled for the second half of next pro league season uh, so it'll only be the second three months of the, the round robin. So basically after that DLC release that's in the middle of the season uh, will be the next Challenger League. So it's a huge amount of off time, three months of off time. Then yeah. Obviously you're going to have to have a job. You can't just uh, get paid unless you somehow got a really, really generous org. That's going to pay you to train during the meantime, especially if you're bottom four. So I think we're going to see a lot of shuffle in the bottom four of Challenger League, but that provides a lot of opportunity for all these teams that are kind of messing around at R6TM, playing go fours. If you see that as an opportunity for yourself, there's a good chance those bottom four spots will open up. Um, We saw qualifiers this time, for example, definitely have Mm -hmm. those bottom four open. So if you practice and train hard, you could potentially get into the next Challenger League.
1: And I mean, the bottom four of at least NA is... uh... Kind of like we were talking about it earlier, It's it still is the Wild West down there. There's not a lot of, like, great team. And you, it's usually there's a clear line between the top four and the bottom four of Challenger League on NA. EU, even, maybe less so. But on NA, there's a big skill gap. And if you are willing to put the time, well, there's still a great opportunity in NA to just pierce through it and just, you know, make your way
0: you can see the just i mean the gap is going to be obvious between NA and EU when you see the number of teams that sign up for go yeah. fours and community cups and things like that it's not just go fours like like EU has a ton of different community cups and other tournaments and lands like they have a huge huge amount of support that NA doesn't have at the moment but mm-hmm. i think having this upcoming land in NA and then also having Austin DreamHack that's two NA lands within a month of each yeah. other so i think I hope that kind of stuff brings up uh, you know, these things, makes it so that they're approved. Like, for example, you saw uh, the Northern Arena is another example of something in NA that's helping. Because you saw that directly help when uh, Evil Waffles, who went from playing with Fox, is now on the East top goes. Challenger League team. Yep. So he has a chance now to be in Pro League because of a local LAN. I mean, maybe he was already potentially going that direction. I don't know the inside story on that. But I do know that it was in some ways a direct result of him playing successfully with Fox in the Northern Arena during the Invitational. And stuff like that, those lands really help showcase the performance. And like you said, now R6-TMs provide some of that as well. So maybe if go know, aren't getting the support we need, maybe R6-TM will help with that for NA. I
1: think it will. Definitely think it will. No doubt about it. Or mostly for individual player, but it's also a great platform to just get to know people and maybe make a team together you play a game it goes well people are communicating people play their roles i mean you can you know just decide hey why are we not making a team why are we not yeah. playing challenger league
0: well yeah why not why not i mean go for us. score fours haven't been the best and unfortunately no. uh i mean personally i think one thing we could do to improve that is just ban pros from playing like that would be like step one because right now like usually it's just going to be a pickup team of pros stomping. I mean that's but it's been less so during the Pro League season when they're getting plenty of practice anyways. They don't need to be doing the go force because they're too busy scrimming. And maybe now that R6TMs there for them to play as well, they won't feel like they need to do go force for, for a weekly practice. So there's a little more opening up in terms of opportunity for go force. So now is a better time during the Pro League season and now there won't be an off season for Pro League. So it should be a lot better Going mm-hmm. forward for GoForce, Go for but at the same time, they're a little disorganized. And unfortunately, I think uh, the downside of so many teams signing up is it also means you have to so dedicate long. much, much more. Yeah. And by the time you get to the top, you're so exhausted it's hard to win at that point. So, you know, it's it's gonna be hard to kind of use that as your platform, as your showcase. Hopefully we get more people organizing small tournaments and things for people to play in. CCS, I'd say, is actually probably one of your best opportunities to get noticed as a yep. team. Uh, rather than Go Fours, there's also some other ones like IEG and stuff like that. There's other small tournaments. So I would recommend teams that are struggling to deal with the Go Four situation to, you know, look at some of those alternative tournaments and see if that might be an opportunity to at least get good practice, showcase your team off a little bit, get some interest from maybe an org, uh, see what you could do, and at least work out your team uh, outside of R6TM.
1: Yeah, well, Go Four is just. big mess because you spend most of your time playing a go for you spend doing basically nothing, waiting exactly waiting playing t-hunt and it's just not interesting if you want to promote this one way of doing it is streaming it but the streamers there's just so many so much downtime that it's not worth it it's just the go for is in a weird spot right now where they either need to decide to be very 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 strict about the rules and if a game goes like too long without being played, just disqualify everyone or something like that. Or it it it, it needs to be faster, because you can like it's usually start at like two p.m. I think, and it can go up to like midnight, past midnight. It's it's actually crazy the time it takes to do a goal for. If sometimes sometimes it goes smooth, sometimes it's just you you spend most of your time waiting, and by the end of the day you're tired and you just you know, oh, okay, whatever. Let's just play that game and be done with it because I'm, I'm bored.
0: Yeah, at least uh, at least we have more community casters. Uh, so, you know, that's, yeah. that's good. Uh, so we're getting more casting of the GoForest. Like, Tammy's has been a big uh, hero for getting a lot of the GoForest casted, uh, even if he doesn't mm-hmm. do the finals. It's just stuff like that definitely helps. And I even am trying to cast more when I have time to. Uh, probably won't today because our 6 M came out. Let's be honest. I'm going to be doing that, like... I'm um, guilty. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's fun. So we'll see. I mean, uh, as that that won't just be a Sunday exclusive. So obviously that, you know, maybe in the future, we'll do some more GoForce. Yeah. But uh, that kind of stuff will help bring a little bit of visibility to it. But GoForest, obviously, as we we're saying, has some fundamental problems that uh, won't necessarily help. But they are a good practice for you as a team. I mm-hmm. think the, the path, in my opinion, right now for teams is you do GoForest to practice your team. You do R6-TMs for individual skill and also to practice flexibility um, yep. outside of just playing. Because rank isn't going to give you great flexibility with teamwork. It's just going to be flexibility of dealing with a lot of toxic players.
1: Who's got the best ash main?
0: Yeah, so so I think R6-TMs are going to be good practice for individual skill and as well as working with different team dynamics, mm-hmm. uh, which will make you a team player all around. And then you take your team from your go-fours and you practice during the go-fours just to practice uh, – more professional level play in terms of slogging through the long day of it, pacing yourself, stamina, organizing, dealing yep. with tilts, dealing with protests, making sure you can get to a match on time. A lot of the stuff you're going to need is a more professional player. And then you translate that over to something like CCS. If, if uh, Challenger League qualifiers are not there at the time, you're trying to get into something like CCS or some other tournament that has at least teams that are organized and playing over time. Then you try and translate that to, okay, now I'm going to try and get into a Challenger League. And uh, and then from there, pro league, and I think that is kind of the career path at the moment for teams, and I think it's a it's a good one, but it's a little bit funky to navigate. But at least it's a lot more than we had going back to say, year one.
1: Yeah, I think I mean you pretty much just summarized the best path you can take to actually get into. Make that a post. The competitive <laughs> scene. Yeah, just just crop that out. That was great. That was great. It's basically everything covered right there in about a thirty second comment on what you should do. So well, all right, the, it, I think. the question is solved. No one <laughs> needs to ask the question anymore. Just link the podcast. We got it.
0: That's the that's the problem with with uh, Reddit. Unless the post is sticky, people will continue to ask the question. Yeah. That's I don't know. That's the struggle I have with, with doing something like Reddit. Uh, unfortunately, but what can you do? Uh, it, it, Reddit almost needs a separate FAQ system for like actual frequently yeah. asked questions. But yeah. uh, nonetheless it's uh it, hopefully that helps people like that actually are are curious about that i do think that is something that people need to kind of think about and and there's actually a lot more people out there looking to do things like amateur coaching so if you're mm-hmm. a team looking to actually like take the game seriously post on something like the pro league reddit asking you know like is there any coaches looking to get better at coaching teams because i know there are because we've seen the posts and you know there's coaches looking to find teams so like you know match each other up because I come from doing coaching before I, I started casting, and I think coaches are, are a huge benefit to a lot of teams. You see teams actually doing it now, especially more now that there's orgs involved, um, and that's something that if you take the game seriously will help you stay on track more so than just depending on your teammates to keep you in in check because yeah. uh, that gets that gets a little drama-y sometimes when you're when you're just a five man team trying to like stick it Mm -hmm. together because people will have real life issues and there becomes drama over missing practices and stuff like that. But having a coach who can kind of level that out and I hate to say it, but kind of babysit a little bit can really help like keep a team together, like keep a team dynamic alive. But, uh, it's not a cure all, but just definitely look at what you could do in terms of like finding a coach potentially. Um, it's something that I think a lot of – I know it's just like I get a lot of people, and I know Tarot and everyone else does as well, get a lot of people asking about casting, like casting tips and stuff like that. And then you know there's a lot of coaches that are like, oh, hey, do I, how do I get a coaching, like stuff like that. So hopefully as more people are interested in doing more parts of this stuff that they just feel comfortable posting on something like Reddit and looking for someone like that. I mean, unfortunately, like you kind of want to keep it competitive related. Otherwise, it doesn't necessarily make sense to be in the pro league one. Uh, it might have to be in the more general one, but – uh, definitely try and help keep uh, things going. As well as we could use more community creators uh, creating content related to pro league stuff or competitive level stuff uh, mm-hmm. on there as well. Like, because obviously you know videos are popular, right? You look at something like the Rainbow Six Reddit, and it's just full of videos. But they're not the kind of videos I would ever watch. Nope. The kind of videos I would watch are not necessarily popping up so much on the the pro Analysis league one. And... Yeah. There's you a I mean, guy. there's a
1: big gap. There's basically none right now
0: was it a K-Oxies or something like what is it chaos or something like that i i'm sorry i'm butchering your name but he's doing like he's like the only one and he doesn't even have great english trying to do analysis videos we could use a lot more of that i'm i'm, I'm even working on some myself to try and help that but i think we could use a lot more co- community content around pro stuff which is what CG is all about as well yeah. so obviously if you're looking to do as part of that i think they're probably looking for staff almost always probably looking for potential staff so make sure to hit that up but there is a discord for CGG to to contact them, so you don't necessarily need to do it in, uh, on Reddit.
1: Yeah, well, it, like you said, I mean, CGG is there to kind of fill fill that gap a bit. There's a big lack of content about just analyzing a video, analyzing some plays that pros made, and uh, analyzing strategy and stuff like that. There's basically none at this point. It's just sometimes it's just you know stuff that are fairly easy to understand and are a little bit more flashy like camera spot or um you know drone spot and all that stuff but you know in-depth um description and just analysis of a strategy is non-existent as far as i know
0: yeah well we'll get there i imagine but i just wanted to kind of make that call out to those content creators to really like think about this is an opportunity for you to make your name known. I mean, you have people like uh, Serenity became so huge because of yeah. creating content mm-hmm. like that. Um, Macy J as well, like is, is working on a lot more of that kind of stuff. And it's, if you want to, you know, be well-known just create good stuff. And right now there's the opportunity there.
1: Yep. Definitely pushing you guys towards it. I'm going to watch it if you make something good. I'll tell you that much.
0: You better watch my video than i once I finish oh, it ooh. soon, ooh. soon TM. League. but uh there's there's one uh the one thing I want to mention as well that uh finster was uh, reminding us I think it was um that uh not a lot of people necessarily know unless you saw it in the news is that uh relating back to pro league um there was an issue with one of the last matches uh in a, in a pretty interesting oh, match yeah. between uh yeah boot camp and team one uh which i'm I mean I'll be honest was probably the one of the worst pro league matches I've ever seen uh let's be honest it was the play was just mistake ridden, but uh, nonetheless, you know uh, that uh, had an issue where it turns out um, Vision was supposed to be playing as part of that three fifths rule um, on Team One and was not. They had a sub, so they were really only playing with two fifths. Therefore, uh, the, the match results where Team One won uh, was you know disqualified mm-hmm. or whatever. They they had to. I'm not sure if they literally replayed it or if it was a case where they just gave them the two zero. But they now have a two zero 0 scoreline. For boot camp, uh, for that, I th- I'm assuming that I, I think they replayed it off stream, um, but that so, yeah. uh, is now 2-0. So that changes who is moving forward in the winners' bracket mm-hmm. and losers' bracket in Pro League. So for anyone who was watching Pro League but didn't catch that uh, on the the Reddit, that is uh, a change up there, which should be interesting. I think uh, boot camp played okay, so it'll be hopefully they get their act going forward, but. I expect better things from them. They're the, they're the team I had, I had wagered on to win, so maybe mm-hmm. Vision not being there was uh, obviously maybe wh- whoever they had sub was obviously the better player for Team One, unfortunately.
1: Fortunately, I mean, yeah, that was uh, kind of an unfortunate situation, especially if you have to redo the game like that and just losing. It's unfortunate, but I mean, it happens. Yeah, and maybe. I don't think
0: there's going to be any uh, odds of that. Sadly, so I don't think uh, so either keep in mind our stats now for cgg are going to be slightly off because now there's a match that counts towards everything that is not Mm -hmm. played on stream so i don't know if we're just going to keep the stats from the one that was played or what but uh
1: yeah because all the stats are kept manually it's uh yeah it's a monk's job man it's crazy yeah
0: we like to shout out spuck because it's a it's a lot of work like it's grunt work to like do all the stat stuff and it helps all of us for sure like we take a look at that stuff. And it it's a good reality check, I think, for a lot of people that like to say, like, this is that or this is that. Like, having the hard stats, I think, is a great way to uh, to help with discussions in terms of saying, like, this has actually been this. Like, like the line discussion, for example, to actually look at Mm-hmm. Things like uh, win rates and things like that. But the other thing to keep in mind, though, and, and one thing I've realized the more I use stats is the more you realize you can't necessarily trust them at, at face value. And that's something I learned as a game designer was was from analytics, that you really have to take so many contextual things into account with stats. Like, something, sometimes things just like, let's say even hit reg, like, s- throws off what could have been a, a, a win for a round yeah. to the other team mm-hmm. and, and situations like that. And it's not necessarily RNG um, this is a game that's not heavy on RNG. It's it's definitely down to like, just heavy complexity. This is a very complex game, and you know, like chaos theory style. Like, there's just so much systemic complexity to the game that uh, seeing raw stats won't necessarily tell you a lot, except for a discussion about raw stats. So you really yeah. have to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it for what happened this week really uh, next yeah. week a couple great games like we said we're gonna see rogue we're gonna see sk i want to see sk performing well i think it's gonna yeah, be their first game on their uh on their sk really because they were known on flip side or um, before that if you don't know so uh this week's on na sk uh bird university rogue and i miss one it was the fourth theme Miss
0: it. I'm, I'm, hold on, I'll, give me two seconds. I have it. Or right under my necklace. Hold on, I'll find it. I'll
1: find it. <laughs> but yeah, um, the first, I think it's gonna be Sk bird you first. I think, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong. Oh, though. It's
0: counter, counter logic.
1: Counter yeah, logic, right, right, right. AKF I don't know why I elevate. forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's All right, still, so it's forgettable now. It, it, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I forgot about <laughs> because so, of I the feel bad it.
0: Because the way it's
1: Oh, yeah. I, it, yeah. Could have been better. Well,
0: yeah. So, eh. but, but nonetheless, I think, uh, hopefully they've stepped it up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, some changeups, but, uh, like, I, I hope they, I, I hope they get a coach, is all I have to say about them. Yeah. Uh, because I think that would be great I for them.
1: It. I think the absolute. Uh...
0: needs to be like, guys, you need a coach. Yeah. You need to practice, yep. you need a coach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up, really. Uh, if, if they can do that and make it happen, um, they're going to be a very hard team to beat. That's for sure. Because they're, there's like huge potential.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think uh, we're still waiting on Birdie University to to announce their org as well. I think so, yeah. So, so I think, I mean, word on the street is that they have a new org and that they're just waiting to announce it. So maybe, they'll, maybe we'll get like a whole <laughs> bunch of announcements, like <laughs> yeah five minutes before early stretch. Which we'll just see it tag on stream. or and or, or
1: maybe after the game, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm not hey. sure which game I'm casting, so it'll be funny to just like, be like, uh, okay, I guess this is them.
1: Just announce the org after the game, like Ronan did, their player.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe that, during, the like... during the interview. During the
1: interview. Oh, by the way.
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, do you have a final word? Oh, yeah. By the way, we have signed uh, that team. That'd be funny. Yeah. That'd right? be a funny way to final announce word. it. Final word. Yeah,
0: we'll see. Uh, But anyways, yeah, I think that uh, I think that about wraps it up for this week. We have the other half of the teams playing next week, so definitely Mm -hmm. plenty to talk about with them uh, next weekend, and then of course, you know, the rest of the season as well. But make sure to take some time to check out our six TM today.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, as soon as we're done, that's what I'm doing. That is what I'm doing. Queuing for that sweet, sweet face-it Elo.
0: Maybe, maybe I'll uh, see. Are you, are you in the Invite Pro League one, or are you going to be at a lower tier so people can play? No,
1: I, I'm a common people.
0: Okay, cool. So maybe you'll get to play with Elby.
1: I'm part of the common folks. so we're going Carry gonna, everyone, uh, Elby. I'm going to have to grind my way to uh, the Invite League.
0: You'll get there. You're, you're so talented.
1: I hope so. I mean, talented, <laughs> I don't know. but I mean, I'll hope so. I'm getting carried most of the time.
0: Same. <laughs> at least i've at least i've gotten plat this season there's that i i actually played ranked this season oh you got plat yeah we'll see if i can keep it but i mean <laughs> now that our I mean, here, here is like yeah, yeah why? Uh,
1: i didn't get to uh i didn't reach diamond yet on rank and i think it's going to be the first season i'm not even going to try to
0: i just i don't ever try anyways I'll, I'll be honest i i'm a bad player and i don't try to be well i say try really but usually bad, it's just so. get it but I, it's more important that I criticize other people that get paid to do this for a living. Because rank is basically...
1: <laughs> if you want to get diamond, just five
0: stack. That's easy. Yeah, You that's don't even have to be a good. To just five stack.
1: That's the way to do it.